Hey, Jeannie Lynch, welcome back to the Intuitive Mindset Podcast. This is episode two and season five. And here's a saying for you to get you thinking today. Nothing in life worth having will ever come easy. How many of you are hearing that right now and got your hands raised going, oh yeah, I understand that more than anybody. Well, this is me also. You're not alone. And today I'm going to be sharing the positive sides of grief and sharing my grief journey with you. Please don't assume that this is a doom and gloom episode. This is absolutely the opposite of that. I'm going to share all the gifts that my grief journey have brought to me, and I believe it will help you in your beautiful life. Okay, it's coming up next. Years ago, a mentor of mine shared a beautiful expression or truth or understanding, and he explained that you can learn more about life through the process of death than you can from actually living. (laughs) It's taken truly a life of understanding that and experiencing the beautiful gift that I think grief has to offer us. And then the holidays. (laughs) How hard it is to go through any of that with the holidays around us. Recently, I did an interview with Maria Consalves on that topic, Grief Along the Holidays. And I'm going to share some excerpts of my journey through grief and what it's taught me in the next and following video. So thank you for being open to share that journey with me but more importantly, to share the gift that grief has to teach us all. I'm so grateful you are here. And I wanted to share your story of grief around the holidays. So if you could share with our listeners and viewers your story. Thank you. So I have to kind of go back to my story. And I'm going to say the number of years, it was almost 20 years ago. And people can hear that and go, oh, 20 years ago. Well, she's well beyond her journey, right? But the journey never ends, right? So it doesn't matter if you're two weeks out or you're approaching it because someone that you're that you love dearly is maybe on their deathbed, right? We'll have to go there during this conversation. Or it happened 40 years ago. Love is love and love lives on. So guess what? It's always there. So my journey started Actually, I'm going to go back because the point I want to make is two weeks before my daughter was killed in a car crash on January 20th, bad snowstorm up in Vermont. She got into a car with her grandmother. Her grandmother was driving her to school. They both passed away. My life changed forever. But it's interesting, two weeks before that, I had taken... I'm rolling my eyes because you're going to laugh when I tell you this. I had taken a happy class, you know, a little pause there, right? I took a happy class for my business, for my corporate job, and we were trying to teach and mentor people to be happy in their jobs. Well, this timeliness of this class was so perfect because it was so much of the foundation and uncovering how you are as a person and how you're wired. So, I have to tell you before we start this grief journey together today, I'm wired happy. I mean, 
I tend to kind of be able to problem solve pretty quick. I've been through some shit in my life and I can get through it. You know, I've just, I've always been a survivor, you know, all these things that, you know, because of my childhood and trauma or whatever, whatever reason, because of choices that I made, not all good. I learned how to kind of get through things pretty quick. So I learned early before my daughter passed that I was wired happy. And for the people who feel that they're wired that way, that doesn't mean that the grief journey is any easier. In fact, it can actually be a little bit more difficult because people assume you're fine. You've been through worse or you can get through anything and you're so strong and, you know, and put a smile on your face. And let me tell you, this persona, as we were talking before we started, there's this outward appearance that, you know, you have to put the ring lights on and your makeup on and you have to look all good today, right? But inside, what the hell's happening? So I want to share with your audience today the most amazing statistics that I think if people hear, it'll change their life. Are you ready for it? The, the truth is, there was this book that was handed out at this little seminar, and I'll share the name of it. It's How We Choose to Be Happy. And you can leave the writers and the names in your show notes. But at this seminar, they were talking about happy people versus miserable people. And so to do this study, they went out and they found as many miserable people as they could. And they asked them all these questions like, who are you? Where are you? Where do you live? How much money do your parents make? How much money, you know, economics, everything, you know, where do you live? You know, what had happened as a child, everything. And they did this whole study and they took all the data from these miserable people who, by the way, they deemed themselves as miserable. It wasn't like someone else said they were miserable. They came into the study going, oh, yeah. I'm just miserable. Okay. And they got all these answers and they had the data and they called them the control group. And then they went out to people like you and to me and they said, Hey, happy people, we want to ask you questions too. And of course they lined up, right? They were not deemed happy, but they said, I'm happy. And so they asked them the same damn questions. Who are you? Where are you? What do you do? And, you know, and so on. And what they found out is going to blow your mind. They actually found out that the happy people had had more adversity. I'm getting covered with goosebumps telling you this, by the way. Mm -hmm. So whenever that happens, as you know, I feel like someone's raining on me. This is for so many people out there who are listening, right? Absolutely. So they found out, they found out covered with goosebumps. Keep going, Gene. They found out that all these happy people had been through more trouble and more adversity and more heartache, more sorrow, more loss, more poverty, more than, and the miserable people, not that they hadn't had things happen. Okay. But nothing compared to the happy people. So then they dove a little bit deeper in this study and they said, what's the difference between these people and these people? And here it is. The people who were happy woke up every day. And I'm going to cry telling you this with the intention of being happy. Just, they got into the shower every day and they thought about what happiness meant and they had an idea of what they needed to be. And I'm not, I'm not chasing a dream here. I'm talking about the simple simplicity of what happiness is, like experiencing love and, and not heartache and not sorrow. And, you know, just they, they had an intention and they wanted to be. So back to my original point, I'm wired happy. So in a sense, going through grief, it was like, 
I just want to be able to get through this with as much grace as I can. And for those of you who think it was easy, I'm telling you, I was on my knees when this happened. I did not have a great experience with grief. It was not all unicorns and okay. It was, you know, I'm going to, can I, can I be clear? Right. It was on my knees, throwing up, hanging over the toilet, past, la uh, excuse me, post-traumatic stress syndrome, flying out of my body, major therapy, complicated post-traumatic stress from pulling my daughter off life support. I mean, I don't remember the first couple years. I remember kind of being in my life, but not being of my life, a little different than I am today. And I knew in that moment, Maria, that if I was going to want to help others, that mm -hmm. I couldn't just kind of skim the surface of it and read the, read the cliff notes that I had to really dive in and experience it. So when I'm working with people today, the ones who show up that are, that are in that place, you know, that the, the, the desire and the need and the, the desperation, I guess, to kind of get back to some semblance of life who are really touching their grief. I will tell you, they have a higher probability of getting through this because they're willing to feel it answering the most dreaded question so tell me do you have children people who ask me questions about my grief and about my journey and kind of keep her alive in that way and let me share um those are the ones i feel the closest to i told my family when i started this journey if you want to honor my daughter forget about me just honor my daughter remember yeah. her death date call me remember her birthday call me i want the damn call and in fact if you don't as my family i said i'm going to be pretty upset because what you're saying is you don't remember her and that's that's something i can't settle with right so mm -hmm. for somebody who's out there who's listening you know it's your choice and everybody's different my girlfriend lost a child almost mirrored me same road a year later okay and she couldn't go there so when people asked this is her her choice and i'm not judging her by saying this she she just went it's easier for me not to go there it was too hard for her to go there so her journey was about saying to people i do i have one girl at home but she never mentioned the other one and it was for her she was doing that for self-perseverance for herself so Again, I'm not telling everybody what to do. I'm telling them that they need to find their own way to honor that and and lean in, right? So hopefully you've heard that, not try to escape grief because it will find you. <laughs> yes. It will catch up with you, you know, and honor them. So. Answering the question, do they age in spirit or do they just stay the same age? Hmm. Let's find out. So now here's a question I hear often within mediumship, within mediums. So I'm just curious. It just came yes. to me. I often hear people say, uh, this child passed away at a young age, and now you go for medium reading, and someone can see them, and now they're 20 or 30. So how do you see your daughter today? Because she passed away 20 years ago. So do you still see the little girl or do you see her grown up? I'm just grown I, up. I'm just I curious love, about it. I love that question. She is she is everything, right? So I see her at two. 
I see her at her last Christmas. I see her as she was when she passed, but I've aged her also. In fact, she, she came to me in a dream once. It's going to be kind of an interesting answer. And I said to her, how old are you now? So I'm asking her. She knew I was working with people in grief. And so during this dream visit, I was like, oh, my God, like I, I can tap into the real deal here. You know, tell me, Isla, what was it like when you crossed over? And, you know, and so one of the questions I had for her was, how old are you now? And she said to me, I'm 11 for you now. Next year, I will be two. I've already chosen that. And I remember coming out of the dream and journaling it and going, she's 11, which would have made sense because it was like eight, nine, 10, 11, three years after, right? So I had this dream visit three years. Old. So she was telling me I'm 11 now. And then when she said next year, I will be two. I've already chosen that. I heard T-W-O, but what mm -hmm. she was saying is T-O-O -O, as in also. And so it was her way of saying to me, I will continue to age with you because that's what you do and that's what you're doing. And so they become, of course, you know, I have her friends from school that are married now and have kids. One of the, her best friends in school, get this, had a child and named her Isla, right? So, and Isla is one of her children's guides. How, how bizarre is that, right? So, so I get to kind of watch what would have happened and as she ages and so I see all that. So your the answer is Isla is all that for me. She's still the one year old, the two year old, the seven year old, the eight. She's all that. But then she's all those things she didn't get to be because she ages with me. And kind of like I said in the beginning, I don't feel any separation with her. I still fantasize about that day I get to cross, and she's waiting there. I don't know if she's going to be the eight year old or the perception of hopefully the 60 year old that she would be right if I if I get to ages like I'd like to so I'm open to all of it my sense is she'll be all that for me and continues answering the question can anyone make a connection to their loved ones or do they need to go through or to a medium so I'm, I'm curious after your daughter passed away did you go to mediums or did you train to become a medium to be yeah. able to connect or was it just spontaneous? No, not spontaneous. Been like this my whole life, um, was afraid, was getting messages before she passed that the time between her and I was short, was in therapy dealing with that. When I went, mm. after she passed, I went back to the same therapist and said, you know, <laughs> now what? You know, because we talked about this, you know, a month ago, right? And he passed me off to an energy healer to work with my gifts, to lean into my intuition and to understand. And the real transformation came from, I went to a seminar, like I'm sure many people who are listening go to, right? So that mm -hmm. first year is the best example I can give is you would never drop your child off at daycare without going inside, right? So yeah. finding out who the teachers are and what time lunch is and do they have lunch and here's their school bag, right? I did, I did the same thing when I lacrosse, I was like, where is she? You know, I, and I was brought up Catholic. So my perception of where she was and everything, there was some rerouting I needed to do. And again, I'm not dogging my religion. I just wanted to understand it deeper than I had listened to it catechism. So 
I really dove into the study of where they go, what is that process, how do they get there, and all that. I was fascinated by it. And I had gone to a Life After Life um, seminar up at the Omega Institute and trained with Brian Rice, um, Raymond R. Moody. I mean, I could go on John Howland, right? They were all there doing this whole mediumship thing. And my daughter was the first daughter through at one of these events. And it was all about this work that I'm doing today. And it was the information that this person gave me. I, I blow your mind. Like, you know, and you know, from doing this work, you know, people who are on the fence about mediumship and the rest of it, spirit comes through to give you what you need. That's it. They give you, they know that thing that is keeping you up at night. They know the heartache. They know the sorrow. And their message for you is different than the one they have for daddy. It's different than the one they have for Aunt Jean, you know. It's so specific, right? So so this gentleman brought through something that only Isla knew and me that there was a angst to it okay. and and healed it instantaneously. I left that seminar that week, that weekend, going, I know what I'm doing. I'm heading home and doing this for others. And I've been that person, like I said, for the last 20 years, hence the reason you and I met, because that work was something I wanted a part of. I wanted to offer that to other people. And I was never afraid of it. And I, and I did study. I'm not saying I didn't. I got a library behind me and classes to, I can show your receipts yes. for, right? But the study is just doing it and being here with others when they're going through something like this. So the most important question everyone wants to know when a loved one passes over is where do they actually go? My attempt to explain that from spirit. Like, uh, can you share with us? Like, where did they go? Where did she go? What was yeah. your experience with that? Because that's yeah. an important question. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I, my belief on that is so certain, like there's no doubt in my mind where they go. And I know that it's not far away from where we are right now, but just at a very high level of, of vibration. Right. So I'm going to, I know we talked about this earlier. I love this little graph. I love this graph. Yes. If you haven't seen it, it's the David Hawkins alpha graph and it's all about emotions and grief, by the way, is at the very bottom of this. It's like one of the heaviest and hardest emotions that we can experience in a physical body. And way, way, way up at the top is joy and love and you know enlightenment, right? So this is just in a physical body, by the way. Okay, so when you enter a body and you have all these different emotions and we can give them a name, it's in this grid. And this is just a visual for your audience. Above that, beyond that, higher than that is where they are. And so they're still in this metaphor that we're showing today, you know, they're still here, but they're above, you know, and you can call that heaven. You can call that nirvana i mean you can call that another state you can call you know there's so many names for that beautiful place without a physical body they're in a much better place than we are you know and 
They're not, and they're still learning. They're still free will. They're, they're still connected. They still are doing work. I know that surprises people. Isla's work has changed where she's been. She, you know, she was helping first in the beginning when she crossed it, she was bringing me people. That's something that that medium said when I went to that seminar, she, the person said, your daughter wants you to know she is line leader and she will be lining people up the door for you. Other mothers that are like you that are grieving and she will bring them to you. That was her job. How cool is that? And it wasn't like I was keeping her from something she, you know, coming back or whatever, right? She was just assisting in the work that she was doing and that we were doing, right? So they're there, and I hope I explained it right. You know, what you believe it is really, I remember asking somebody once, you know, what do you believe? I didn't know how to start a session with somebody, you know, tippy-toeing, you know, yes. what's your religion? And, you know, you don't think I'm channeling Satan here by bringing your daughter through. You know, I was nervous about that whole boundary. And uh, the person looked at me and said, honestly, Jane crying, you know, I don't know what I believe. And I said, well, strap yourself in. You're about, about to find out, you know, and isn't that it, right? So your understanding of where they are and my understanding comes from experience. And it's also making choices along the way that resonates with me. I, someday some, someone said, oh, come on, you're dead, you die, you're dust right? Get on the road. There's nothing after this. And I thought, I got to think about that for a second. I, I thought about it and I was terrified. I just, you know, I got on that other way of thinking, like, that's it. That's it. Like it's over, you know? And all of a sudden I could feel my heart going and I, and I, I just didn't honor me in any way. And I quickly got off the road. You, you navigate your grief and you lean into what what makes and rings true to you that the whole idea of becoming awake, Isla, you're going to think this is beautiful, right? I lost another child years earlier. And when I lost Isla in therapy and in hypnosis and in, you know, my post-traumatic stress trauma stuff, she brought me David. I had never processed the son, the loss of my son ever. And yet there was Isla standing with David saying, before you go to me, why don't we start here, mommy? And he was, she was pushing this little boy in front of me saying, let's go back before we go forward. And that's love, right? So the question everybody asks and nobody needs to, there's only one answer. Here we go that the number one question I get asked, and I want to just let people know who are listening out of the gate, you don't ever have to ask this question. The first question I always get asked is, are they okay? It's almost like, oh man, if you had three wishes, you just wasted a wish. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're okay. I have never met a spirit on the other side that came through and said, help. <laughs> you know, I'm not in a good place or you know, get me out of here. You know, there's just, I don't know how to say that with more passion, you know, to say yeah. they are so okay. We wish they're okay. All they want us to know is that they're okay. And yes. all they're concerned about is, are we okay? 
are we okay? And we asked for the experience, right? To, to physically feel this, right? Love and fear again, right there. Hey, thanks for watching. Tune in next week for part two. See you then. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode of the Intuitive Mindset Podcast. I'm really excited to also share my YouTube channel with you. 400 videos in HD color. You can find a lot of these amazing topics for you to see. Find me. The link is in the show notes. Thanks again for the attention and your time today. I truly do appreciate you. Bye now.